Hello, it is your host, Johnny from Johnny's Book Reviews, the site to help inspire you guys to go read. So, go read. Today, I am reviewing, you know what today is actually? November 9th. And you know what? Is there a book called November 9th? Fuck yeah, there is. All right, it's by Colleen Hoover. I'm going to be reviewing it, discussing what I liked about it and what I didn't like about it and any lessons I got from the book. All right, without further ado, let's get into November 9th. Hope you have a wonderful, fabulous day and uh, let's get into it. So before we begin, let's talk about real estate. It's a really good passive income, but how do you get into real estate? You have to buy the property and deal with annoying tenants. Who wants that, really? What if you could buy into a portfolio an account that buys the properties for you and handles the tenants? Is that such a thing? Yep. It's called a real estate index fund. But I use Fundrise as this company is one of the better real estate index funds out there. You can start as little as $5. And if you use my referral link, you get $25. HTTPS slash slash fundrise.com slash r slash OPR. 3ZP. Again, it's fundrise.com slash r slash opr 3ZP. You'll get a $25. I'll get $25 as well. But the main point is that you're going to be setting up a real awesome real estate portfolio risk fee. You don't have to worry about the tenants. You don't have to worry about Buying the property, they have properties, commercial warehouses, and multi-million dollar apartment complexes. When you invest into this account, you're buying shares specifically into those buildings and those properties that they own. Now, but once you buy or put money into the account, diversifies it into all the properties that they own. So again, use my referral link, sign up. And get started with real estate today. Again, my referral link is fundrise.com slash ROPR3ZP. Again, the referral link is OPR3ZPR. All right, first off, who is Colleen Hoover? And I'm going to give you guys a little paragraph from a New York Times article that just came out on October 9th, 2022. And this article... It was written by Alexandria Alter, and it's how Colleen Hoover rose to rule the bestseller list. So this is the uh, article and what it says in there. Uh, a couple paragraphs. So making the bestseller list. Hoover grew up in Saltillo, a small town about 90 miles east of Dallas. Her, her earliest memories from when she was two, she woke up one night to her father yelling. And saw him throw a television set at her mother, knocking her down, which kind of formed the the premise behind uh, it ends with us book, and you know her personal perspective on that uh, really shows in that book. And then a state agency that offers nutrition counseling. In 2011, when her youngest son was seven, he was cast in a play at a local theater. Hoover borrowed her mother's laptop to entertain herself during his rehearsals. Watching slam poetry videos on YouTube gave her an idea for a novel about a lonely teenage girl who discovers slam poetry. She shared chapters with family members and friends. Her boss at the nutrition center, Stephanie Cohen, loved it so much that she took some casework for Hoover, 
allowing her to write during the day. In January of 2012, Hoover uploaded the book Slammed to Amazon's self-publishing platform. She called me one day and said, Mom, six people I don't know bought the book. Hoover's mother, Vinoy Fite, recalled that the next day it was 60 people. When the trickle of sales turned into a flood, publishers pounced. Hoover signed with the literary agent Jane Dystow and sold rights to her first two novels to Atria. Atria made an offer on her third novel, but Hoover liked the freedom of self-publishing and released it herself. It hit number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Atria later required the rights. Heath, her husband, started watching their boys so Hoover could write, and she hired Cohen, her former boss, to help run her business. I still call her my boss, Hoover said. She runs our whole life, and I don't spend a penny without her, her permission. So after Slam, she wrote more than 20 books, jumping from young adult romance to erotica to a thriller. But it was in 2020 with the pandemic that Hoover's sales really started to pick up. That spring, Hoover made five of her ebooks free. Readers devoured the free novels and started buying her entire backlist. Hoover thought it was a fleeting moment, but it persisted. Novels that were years old popped back on the bestseller list. We were like, where is this coming from? Said Melanie Igalasaros Perez, Hoover's editor at Atreya. That's when we started to see the TikTok videos. It was better publicity than anyone in sales or marketing could have engineered, she said. Neither Hoover nor her business manager, Cohen, offered exact sales figures, and the total is hard to calculate since royalty rates are different for self-published books, and she spreads her titles across several publishers, but there's no question her books, now carried by chains like Walmart, Sam's Club, and Costco, have made a fortune. Collectively, Hoover's publishers have sold more than 20 million copies. I used to get excited if I went to a bookstore and saw a paperback. Now I walk into a Barnes & Noble and they have a Colleen Hoover table, Hoover told me. It's insane. And again, this is from the New York Times article called How Colleen Hoover Rose to Rule the Bestseller List. And this is by Alexandra Halter. Now, I would definitely check out that New York Times article. It is fucking great. What really ultimately happened here, and I talked about it in the article, is that she started out with nothing. No social media platform at all. No fans. But then a lot of people started reading her first book, Slammed. And then that first book actually made her quit her full-time job as a social worker and then be become a full-time writer. And then now she does that as a living. Uh, she lives comfortably and now is able to provide for her family as much as possible it's pretty cool i honestly love her story of or i love this story where she had no followers no wasn't a celebrity no one knew her and then now everyone knows her and that's just fucking fabulous and i i really love that story it's pretty crazy too is that her newest book that came out on October 18th, 2022, and I did just review that. That book came out, and on the first day, it sold 800,000 copies. Let me say that again. The book sold 800,000 copies in the first day. Now, to bring you in comparison to this, Barack Obama's new book, which is a biography, by the way. I haven't been able to read it, but that book, in the first day, sold only 860,000 books or copies on the first day 
And that was the president. The president sold 860,000 copies. Colleen Hoover was only $60,000 or 60,000 copies short of overpassing Barack Obama's copies that he sold. That is fucking insane. And you know who's Colleen? Who the fuck is Colleen Hoover? She's just a writer, most prolific writer out there. And this new book, It Starts With Us, really sold a lot. And a lot of people were expecting it, were anticipating it, and you can tell. Uh, It is absolutely insane. And it's crazy how she started out. And, you know, it, it comes out to a full circle, especially when you see the numbers for It Starts With Us. 800,000 copies sold in one day. It's hard for many authors to sell one, let alone let alone 800,000. To be honest with you, I don't think James Patterson has ever done that. And James Patterson is one of the most prolific authors out there. And that is just that just fucking makes me so happy. So that is Colleen Hoover. I just I can keep on talking about her. Uh she's just one of the top authors and I, I really love how the the market for publishing the market for writing is not now ruled by men it's and now operated by women and women are making their way up there uh and then also several other people as well what is this book about all right so i honestly didn't read the back of the book and it really surprised me so i would definitely do that don't really read the back of the book don't really listen to this part uh to be honest with you it, by not reading the back it kind of actually opened up for me uh, a little bit more twist and turns in the book than i was expecting and i really liked that so i definitely would not read the back of the book or even listen to this part of the episode but if you are curious this is what the book is about essentially what happens is on november 9th fallon experienced a traumatic event that happened in her life and so she has lunch with her father and her father is really douchey very arrogant etc and what he doesn't realize is that it's her day he doesn't realize that it's the day that this traumatic event happened to her two years ago they argue and everything like that and then ben a complete stranger comes out of nowhere and kind of saves the day kind of and helps her out but it was like kind of a move to get to know her a little bit more now you'll get his perspective on why he did that later in the book so it's pretty cool what ultimately happened was they kind of just went on a date ben and fallon went on a date after the lunch get together with her father he actually stomped away angrily because Ben actually did a pretty good job breaking down Fallon's father and then he just left angry. So what ultimately happened was they just hang out for the entire day, make the day a little bit better. And, you know, the day wasn't what she's expected to be because, you know, she had a very bad accident that happened on her on this day. And she was expecting the day not to be good, but Ben kind of helped her out a little bit and Made it a little bit less sad on November 9th. And let's do that. And then Fallon was like, okay, let's do it. But I'm not giving you a phone number. I'm not giving you my uh, 
email and then they kind of blocked each other on social media as well able to talk to each other until november 9th and that happens and occurs for six years and you get a little bit more information about who fallon is and about who ben is and you get the information in the secrets that ben is holding and and then you'll find out basically the time that fallon founds out finds out and then the biggest question is will fallon forgive Ben or will she move on and go with another person and date someone else and forget about Ben? So that's the ultimate question. And that is the premise of the book. So I've read some of the reviews over the books. Ben might be too hard on Fallon, but he honestly thinks she's beautiful. And I honestly really enjoyed the two perspectives that Colleen Hoover provides and it really carried my attention throughout the entire book. So it goes from Fallon's perspective back to Ben's perspective. And I really like that. So the topics are hard to discuss about like suicide. But I think Hoover does it pretty well. It's a topic that needs to be addressed. Again, like domestic abuse, homelessness, drug abuse. Uh, and then also eating disorders that I found out about that she was talking about a little bit in Heartbones. And, you know, some of these things that... She's witnessed firsthand, not only from her personal life, but also as a social worker. It's cool to see kind of her perspective on these topics. And again, these topics need to be discussed. That's why I really like her because she's talking about topics that are taboo. You know, there are topics that not many people talk about because they're afraid to talk about it. And I think the ultimate thing is, hey, we need to be open about these topics and actually discuss about them. And you get the perspective of, you know, suicide and how it's impacted Ben, Kyle, and Ian as well. So I finished the book by uh, listen, listening to it because I wanted to know what happens next. I couldn't put the book down. So I literally read it on November 1st to November 2nd. So I read it for like three, four hours from 11 p.m. to almost 3, 4, p, 4 a.m. Because I just couldn't put the book down. And I, I got through majority of the book. And then I started reading a little bit. So I went to bed. I started reading a little bit in the morning. And I was like, okay, well, I have to download, download this. So I downloaded it on for an audiobook, which Scribe had, which is phenomenal. And if you don't know what Scribe is, it's a great platform for ebooks and audiobooks. They have um, over a million audiobooks and ebooks. And you can have access to all of those for only $11.99 per month. It's so much better than Audible and Kindle Unlimited. It's it's basically both of those combined, but on steroids. And I, I really like Scribe. So it's scrbd.com if you're ever interested in it. It's it's a wonderful platform. I listened to it and you know I, I just couldn't put the book down. You know, to be honest with you. I honestly have enjoyed this book so much where it is my favorite Colleen Hoover book yet. And it surpassed, it ends with us, and it starts with us, which are her top um, books. And I have really enjoyed reading those ones. I really like those. Uh, both of them were my favorites out of her. But now, November 9th is my favorite. I really liked it because it was a completely different story than I thought. There was not really, really a lot of hype over it. 
and a lot not a lot of people were buying the book and i think this one is really underrated i think this one is a lot better than it ends with us and it starts with us if you ever want to read hoover i honestly think you should read this book first and then it ends with us series and of course i have still have 18 more books to read so we'll see what my perspective changes in the next couple weeks and months so my plan is to finish all 18 of them before the end of the year or potentially january february of next year so i'm on track it should be done so no problem about that for me specifically this book is like my question is will that love carry for six plus years where you're only seeing the person five times and not talking to them until November 9th, or essentially where you're only talking to that person one day per year. You're not texting them, you're not calling them, you're just doing whatever you're doing for a year with another person or with other people, etc. And so what I'm saying is like, damn, you have to make that date pretty fucking good for the other party to be interested or to keep their interest to be honest with you i mean that's that's hard that's a lot of pressure for me it's like okay is that possible i mean it honestly it, it is it can be possible it might be even harder now it's a lot different with relationships now when it was 10 20 years ago you really see any high school sweethearts anymore i mean you do i saw one uh and they're married now but you rarely see that. That's that's rare. That's, the, a lot of people are breaking up a lot more. And I think the divorce rate is also super high. So there has to be something there. And I think, I think it would be a lot easier early on instead of today. And I think I don't think this would be possible in this time age. So it also reminds me of uh, this kind of scenario of only seeing the person only a couple times or even one day per year kind of reminds me of the couples the the wife or even the husband or whoever it is in the relationship or but it reminds me that um the couples that or the people that go into the military and they only see their significant other only a couple times per year and i i feel like that's super hard it it, it must be so hard for that significant other because i mean they're gone and most of the time they can they can talk to you as much as possible but again it's super hard because of wi-fi etc and you're gone for a large part of the year of course you have leave you have vacation time you're able to come back but i i honestly think like that period of time is super hard not only for the significant other but if you have kids that's even harder, I think. So I, I think it's, it, it makes me wonder, like, it must be super hard to keep that love with that person. Uh, and I, I'm, maybe, like, that love sticks together if you have a kid. I, I'm not really sure. I'm just kind of, like, spewing out ideas. I, I don't have an experience in that. But it, it must be super hard. And I'm kind of like figuring out with this situation in this book is like, damn, dude, this is hard. This is kind of a stretch in reality. This might not occur, but honestly, it could occur. It's kind of hard in this day and age. 
yeah, that's what I would say, and that's kind of my overall review of the book. All right, I'm going to discuss a couple of things that I liked about the book. So number one, you know, some authors that do it really well, I think the the dual perspectives is a really good way to write. I honestly love it. Uh, and to be honest with you, I learned, or the first author that I read that did the dual perspective of multiple people, not just only two, uh, she did it with several people, was Sherry LePenny. And she did it fucking wonderfully. And I think the dual perspective provides a lot of action throughout the book, which I really like. My, my attention span is like, my attention span is like a cat or a dog. Where I see a squirrel, I'm like, squirrel? Oh, sorry. Let's get back to it. Oh, no squirrel? <laughs> uh, but no, like, my attention span is, just varies from place to place. My mind is always racing. It's 100% all the time. And that's why I pace a lot. So if you see me at work or if you see me anywhere, I will pace because I my mind is just racing a million miles per hour. So if I don't pace... I am going to go insane. I'm going to start fidgeting. Basically, that helps me to kind of ease my mind and actually allow me to speak more comfortably to people. Uh, so if I could, and if it was right for me to do, if I could speak to someone while walking, you know, obviously, if I have an interaction with a customer or anyone like that, obviously, it would be kind of weird. But like for me, like, like, for example, Steve Jobs would actually take walks and his meetings were like, that's what it, where his meetings were. He was walks around the the buildings or wherever he was. And for me, that's what I would really do. I always just take meetings or then allow me to think a little bit better and to me to say what I need to say properly to you instead of not properly saying it to you. Because for me, I say a lot of things, and I, I think clearly, more clearly, when I am moving around. That's what I say about that. It, it was really cool because you get those dual perspectives. You know, I, I love authors that do that. And Sherry Penny was one of the big ones that I started with, that I learned from. And, and I was like, damn. And now many authors are doing it. Colleen Hoover does it in some of her books. And to be honest with you, it's a really good way to write. If you do it really well, you know, some people do it really well. Some people don't do it well. Uh, and again, one of the key authors is Sherry LePenny. But also another person that doesn't really do it well is Marie Nijank in the This Is Where It Ends. I didn't really like that. Uh, I didn't think she did it really well. Now, if you can do it really well, I think it provides... a uh, a cool perspective in the book and it and it carries my attention and that's why i really like this book specifically you know it starts with us has that kind of same dual perspective you get this perspective of lily and atlas it was really good you know it's really good book however as i'm thinking about it and you know as i'm like kind of soaking up everything it was a solid book yes I still give it a five out of five. Again, it wasn't really needed. But for me, this one, November 9th, I'll pass paces it because I I like the topics a little bit more. And it was kind of a lot different than the second book 
in it starts with us. So it starts with us is actually my favorite book of the year. I'm replacing it with a Colleen Hoover book with November 9th because I felt like another book probably should hold its title in there. It's November 9th because I felt like I like the ends with us a lot more. Don't get me wrong. I loved it starts with us. And again, it wasn't really needed. And I felt like she ended it with a bang. Yes, it was a great conclusion. Yes. I feel like it was like kind of similar ideas, topics that I was kind of used to. And again, it's a series. I'm going to get that. Uh, but you get the closure that you needed for Lillian Atlas. Now, don't get me wrong. It was a great closure. I love that book. I don't know. For me, for this one specifically, I didn't know what really was going to happen. I think I really liked that and the twists and turns. I honestly liked who Fallon was. I really loved her personality. I loved her biteness, and I, uh, I really enjoyed the characters in this book. Honestly, I like this story a little bit more than it starts with us. So that's why I'm putting it in the my top three. So again, this year, my top three are Waxing On by Ralph Macchio, Janet McCurdy's new book, I'm Glad My Mom Died, and then finally, November 9th by Colleen Hoover. Those are my top three so far, and we'll see if somebody or any other book will go into the top three. But so far as that one, it's been changing uh, for the last couple months because I've been reading a lot of good books. Honorable mentions, of course, or it starts with us. Tom Felton's book potentially could slide in there, was going to slide in there, but didn't provide a lot of information on Harry Potter, so I kind of took it out. And also, another one is Butcher in the Wren by Elena Ucard. That was in my top three, but now it's not. So it has changed a lot for this year. So uh, it might change again in the next two months, but we shall see. Number two is the twist and turns. Hoover had a lot of twists and turns in this book. Of course, it had to happen like that. It always happens with the Hoover book. I wasn't expecting it. There had to be a connection somewhere. She provides it at the end. It kind of wrapped up in a pretty well good bow, and I really like that. And so because of that, I really like the twist and turns. So, uh, yeah, I honestly wouldn't look at the back of the book because then you kind of would know the twists and turns, but also you might not. So with this, of course, I had fun reading this book and the twists and turns were really great. So number three, stories and topics. I mean, this is huge. We talked about suicide, a big topic that needs to be talked about. There's a lot of death in this book that I really wasn't expecting, but it was the first time Hoover talked about death heavily, so I didn't really mind it. Of course, when you read like Nicholas Sparks, you kind of expect that, but for Hoover, I didn't really expect her to talk about death so much, and it kind of like startled me. I was like, this is way different, uh, but I, I like the topic. Like She talked about suicide, and I, I really think that topic needs to be discussed about, especially with younger people in high school as well as in college because it's prevalent. It's prevalent in high school and it's also uh, prevalent in college. You know, when you have this pressure to secede, you feel like you have nowhere to go, go and then you uh, commit suicide. Now, again, if you're feeling these thoughts, if you're feeling any of those thoughts, again, tell someone close to you, try to get uh, help with a counselor or even a therapist. What did I not like? Honestly, I didn't really like, Honestly, nothing. I really enjoyed this book. 
And again, it's my favorite Hoover book so far. I still have 18 left to read. So let's go. Let's see which one gets into the top three. And then also let's see which one is my favorite of all time. Uh, I'm pretty excited. So I'm I'm pretty certain that uh, there won't be any Hoover books that I'm, I'm going to put down and never touch it again. We'll see. It, actually, Reminders of Him was close. But I picked that book back up and it actually wasn't too bad. I still give it mm, three out of five, maybe a four out of five. I think I rated it a four out of five, maybe a five out of five. I'm not sure. It, I mean, ultimately, it wasn't a horrible book. It just didn't carry my attention and I had to stop reading it. So I felt like if I had to do that, there had to be something. And I can't really place it at the moment of why I stopped reading it. I mean, I think the big reason was because I was bored. Like I was like, oh, okay, I know what's gonna happen. It's predictable. He's gonna, she's gonna, Kenna gonna, was gonna love the bartender, and then something's gonna happen. They'll figure out who the bartender is, etc. And that's kind of what happened. But honestly, I like that story. I mean, like, the the thing is with me is like, yes, these stories are predictable. I honestly watch Hallmark. Well, I watch Hallmark movies, uh, romance Christmas movies all the time. And those are predictable as fuck, too. So, I love them. They're cheesy. Maybe I'm just a cheesy romance popcorn kind of guy. All right, so there's some lessons in this book. And I think the big one is over mental health. Mental health is huge. And so, on uh, my website, at johnny'sbookreviews.com, I actually wrote a blog called Five Things I Learned in College That Changed My Life. So, definitely check that out. It's under the blog section at johnny'sbookreviews.com. But in that section, those five things I learned about were health, mental health, sexual assault, travel, and then finances. Huge things. And I think the most important one is the mental health and physical health as well as sexual assault. But yeah, this is uh, mental health specifically is a big one I learned. So I had four students, one my freshman year, one my sophomore year, and two my senior year commit suicide. The pressure of being perfect, homework, and external factors became too hard to bear. When you feel like this, talk to someone, either that be a friend, family, or a therapist, counselor. You don't have to be ashamed for going to therapy or counseling. These two things are meant to help you. The biggest thing is suicide is the leading cause of death. It's a major health concern. Yes, let me say that again. Suicide is the leading cause of death. It's a major health concern. We have to focus on helping our mental health as much as we do for physical health. If you feel depressed, if you feel sad, if you have thoughts that you're kind of scared of, definitely tell someone, friend, family, therapist, or even a counselor. And suicide can be prevented. It's okay to ask for help. Ask for help, and it's definitely okay to do that. Don't be ashamed to ask for help. Tell your friend, tell your family, or therapist, and counselor. If you guys want more information about this, definitely look at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention site, cdc.gov, over suicide. All right, uh, that's what I would say specifically on suicide as well as mental health. All right, the second lesson I would say is this. Number two is read everything and anything. Anything that you see, just fucking read it because it might actually be something that you're very interested in don't specifically read in one genre or one section of a book like for me i started johnny's book reviews and i actually read specifically nonfiction, a lot of business books 
self-help, biography. And those are the kind of three genres that I really focused on. Here's the thing. I didn't read anything else. So I started working in the bookstore. And then I got into a slew of different categories and genres that I didn't think I would ever touch. We're talking about sci-fi. We're talking about manga, romance, young adult, kids fiction, graphic novels, true crime, etc. I also realized that that period of time, specifically with romance, was that I don't know why I haven't been reading romance before. And the big reason behind that is because every Christmas, around obviously on Christmas Day as well as like around Christmas, but usually just for Christmas Day, I'll read or I'll watch a Netflix movie, Hallmark movie, and I'll just binge watch that. So I'm a romance, soppy kind of popcorn kind of guy. That's going to happen. But that's what I'll watch. I watch a couple movies and then I get Chinese and then I will eat fucking sesame chicken while watching a romance movie. And I realized that I do that. I do that almost every Christmas. And I realized that I watch romance movies. I, I would love romance books as well. Why don't I read romance books? I was actually contemplating on that. Like, why Why didn't I read romance books before? And so, 2021, I got into Colleen Hoover. That was kind of my first dose of, you know, romance books that I've actually been reading. And now I'm going to branch off into a lot more different categories in romance. So, we shall see how it goes. I've read a couple so far that are not Colleen Hoover. And I will review them on this podcast soon. But ultimately, the biggest thing that I regret is specifically just sticking with one genre. No, you have to read anything that interests you and then also just branch out. Maybe you might not like sci-fi and then you'll find a book that, hey, that's a pretty good book. And then you kind of branch off into sci-fi and finding books that you like in sci-fi or even in fiction, or romance, or whatever it is, all right? So definitely read everything and anything that catches your attention. All right, that is it for this review. I will be reviewing all of Colleen Hoover books, so definitely check that out in the next couple weeks and months. So again, I reviewed November 9th today. Uh, I reviewed a couple other ones by Colleen Hoover the last couple episodes, so definitely check those out. But I talked about in this episode how I liked the book, how I didn't like the book, and any lessons I got from the book. And the big lesson, again, is or both of them are big lessons. Mental health, take care of your mental health. And then lastly, focus on not a specific genre, focus on all genres. Read everything. Let me say that again. Read everything everything all right guys thank you so much for listening again follow this podcast turn on notifications uh, i will talk to you guys in the next episode and then if you guys want to follow me and kind of see my daily update on what i'm reading definitely check out and follow me at johnny's book reviews on instagram as well as goodreads and then uh facebook as well and then of course i write all my blog posts on johnny's book reviews and then also i have my podcast posts and reviews on there as well so definitely check that out thank you guys and i'll talk to you guys in the next one